Thank you for listening to today's message. Avenue Church is a Christian church located in Las Vegas. For more information, visit avenuechurch.cc. Enjoy the message. Another way of being a great dad, it's a good dad joke, right? A good dad joke. So this week we threw up on our Facebook and Instagram, give me your best dad joke. And so I'm going to read three of them. Is that okay? Can I be a dad for a minute? Can I just, can I just have, have a moment up here on this stage? And so here, I'm going to give you a dad joke. You ready? Help me out, all right? It's a similar to a pastor joke, all right? And so here's a dad joke. What do you call a man with a rubber toe? Roberto. Was that all right? That was good, right? That was good. How about this next one? Um, if you see a robbery at an Apple store, that I guess that makes you a eyewitness. <laughs> Now, if, you, if you're an Android user, you didn't get that joke, and that's okay. I slow, all right? I slow. Um, how about this one? One more. I got one more, and then we'll, we'll get into God's Word. But uh, what is Forrest Gump? And some of you are like, who's Forrest Gump, all right? What is Forrest Gump's password? One Forrest One. I should have should have saved Roberto to the last one, huh? So there's dad jokes, there's dad humor, but how do we become a great dad? You know, during the series, Road Trip is all about a faith journey. And I want to even be as bold to say that I believe that fatherhood is all about faith. Faith in you, can I be a good dad? Can I do this thing? But more importantly, faith in God. Faith in God. That as we begin to join this uh, Road Trip series as being dads, maybe you're going to plan to be a father someday. Maybe you want to be a dad. Maybe you are a dad, or maybe you're a grandfather, a great grandfather. Now, how do I do this thing called being a dad? I got to tell you, when my son was born, I was excited. I was just overjoyed. It was something we were praying for with the miscarriages, things like that. But when he was born, we were so overjoyed, and then he got sick for a week in the hospital. It caused a lot of fear in us. And so in that fear, we're going like, is he breathing? Is he alive? You know, and in the morning, kind of poking me, crying. I'm so sorry, you know, just checking. But even now, I try not to worry, but it happens sometimes. But as dads, as parents, as mothers, we worry about what our kids are going to turn out to be like. What are they going to do when they grow up? God, I just pray that everything lies up. God, I pray I don't mess this up. And I want to encourage you today that my son, his name's Levi, that my son is not God's grandson, that my son is also a child of God. Here we have shirts that we're still selling and people are wearing them where it says, saved, I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God. And so my son is not God's grandson, but my son is also God's son. God doesn't have grandsons or great-grandkids or for some of you, you're like, great, 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 great. No, no, no. He only has sons and daughters. What does that mean? It means that God has a plan for my son's life, a plan to prosper him, plans to give him a hope and a future. And so I trust God. Therefore, I trust God with my son. And so that is part of having faith on this faith journey. So this, I trust God, but I also want you to understand but that as Levi's dad, I still have responsibility to raise them in that godly manner that the dudes, the other dads were talking about up here, that I have a godly manner. For some of us, like, God, I trust you. Pick them up on Friday. You know, now, 
We have, we have a godly responsibility of raising our children. So if you've got your Bibles, turn open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 17. I'm going to be reading two scriptures, but stay there in Matthew. If you're like OCD and I'm reading something else, you're like, where is he? Just stay in Matthew chapter 17, verse 5. And I want us to be able to go on this faith journey today. That as we begin to look at the life of Abram, he later on he becomes Abraham. But in Genesis chapter 12, two weeks ago, we learned that God said, Abram, go that way. And so we learned that don't say no when God says go. And so he picked up everything, and he was this man of faith, and he went into the land. After he obeyed, the instructions came later. Then last week, we learned that in the famine in the desert, I got to, we shared this last week, like if you're in the desert, maybe Las Vegas, quit leaving the desert, all right? God has you here in the, for a reason. And all of a sudden, he becomes uncomfortable because of the famine. God, I trust you until it's uncomfortable. So he goes down to Egypt, tells the half-truth about his wife. All of a sudden, the pharaoh's like, there's plagues on my family. Get out of here. And so Abram's shortcut became God's detour. So God took Abram out, and he placed him at the very beginning. It can feel like that in our faith journey, doesn't it? We feel like, God, I'm on gun-ho. I'm excited. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. And then we make a mistake. We make a shortcut, a U-turn. We screw up, and we end up right back where we started. I want to read this, though. This is what God does to Abram. He doesn't say, what's wrong with you? I told you not to go down there. What's wrong with you? My steps are ordered by you. Check with me every time you make a decision. God did not say anything like that. This is what he said. Abram, you're at the very beginning. In Genesis chapter 13, he says, all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. So God is reminding him of the promise. I love that. When you start all over again and you're at the very beginning, God will remind you of the promise. But I want to share this to you. He said, if I can, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth so that anyone who can count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. What is he saying? He's saying, you're not just going to be a dad, but you're going to be a father of many nations. You're going to be a father of many nations. Abram wanted to be a dad. So write this down if you're here today. I want to just write this down. Three ways we become we can become a great dad. Three ways we become a great dad. So I want you to touch somebody and say, who's your daddy? All right? Touch somebody. Say, who's your daddy? Touch your other neighbor and say, who's your daddy? Because there's three ways we become a great dad. Now, a lot of us, we're going to look at the life of Jesus. And Jesus had a great dad, a heavenly father. As I'm going to read this in Matthew chapter 3, there are, three, there are two areas where God spoke and, and people around heard, but God spoke audibly to his son in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 3 says, And a voice from heaven said, This is my son, whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my son, who I love. With him I am well pleased. That was when Jesus was getting water baptized. Now in Matthew chapter 17, this is the transfiguration of Jesus. And Matthew 17 says, This is my son, whom I love. This is him saying it a second time. 
This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. I got to say, what a great dad. From open up the heavens and say, this is my son who I am well pleased, whom I love. And so when God says something twice, I think we should pay attention. And so today, three ways on how to be a great dad, a great grandpa, a great grandfather, right? A great dad here at Avenue Church. Write this down. Number one is see it. Is see it. See people as they could be, not as they are. See people as they could be, not as they are. Never look at somebody as they are. Always see them through the lens of their potential. See it. What, do you, what does God see in them? Speak to your kids and those that you do life with. Begin to see what they cannot see. Don't speak to what they are, but speak to their potential. I love in Hebrews chapter 1, it says, faith, excuse me, 11 verse 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the things that are not seen. Let's have faith for our kids. You know, for many of us, a picture of faith can be like when we're little, gentlemen, when we're little, we have a, a toy car. And we have that toy car. We drive it all over the place. Right? And we're, we're, what are we doing? We're imagining that we're driving that car. Then later on, when we get older in life and, and we get permission from our, our, our spouses, right? We buy a race car. What is that? That is faith. I am hoping to have something. It is something I don't see yet. Yet. We need to see it in our kids. I want, to, I want to encourage you that sometimes we have to do that with our children. I don't see it in you. For some of you, yeah, right? I don't see it in you, but I'm going to speak it over you. I'm going to speak it over you. Refuse to let your kids be defined by what they did, but let them be defined by their potential. Refuse to let them be defined by what they did, but by their potential. And if you don't catch anything today, I pray you catch this. We're going to pop it on the screen. This is important because people tend, people tend to become what the most important people in their life think they'll become. I want you to grab a hold of that today. Whether you're a dad, a mom, spiritual father, a mentor, somebody that you're leading in your life, that they're going to become what you think of them. I think you're going to become this. And more often than not, they're going to become that. Why? Because you're important in their life. What an honor and what a responsibility that people tend to become what is most important. People tend to become what the most important people in their life think they'll become. And here's my encouragement to you, that every single person here in this room, you are the most important person in your child's life. It may not feel like it someday, like I'm, in, I'm the most important person in your life. Listen to me. I want to encourage you. You are the most important person in their life. That they want to know what you think and they will become. Because, but you have to see it. But number one, see it. But also number two, you got to say it. You got to say it. 
got to say it. I want to really drive this home today because for many of us, maybe we see it, but we just don't say it. We don't articulate it, that we have to say it. Let me tell you what I see inside of you. Let me tell you what God is doing in your life. Let me tell you what I see. I see greatness in you. I see you changing a city, changing your school, changing your family, making an impact in Las Vegas. I see not what you're doing now, but what you're to become. Your words of affirmation is such a lost art, even in the local church. It's such a lost art. I think we need to exercise that muscle. For many of us men in this room, I, I bet that you would have a hard time telling me when you're, if you can try to remember back, did my dad ever verbally say, like, I love you, son. You are my son. I love you. I'm well pleased. And many of us, we can't. We can't remember that day because maybe it's a hard thing to do. It's a hard muscle to exercise. Dad, I love you. How much do you want, right? <laughs> maybe that's his way of sharing that. But we've got to have the, uh, a culture that begins to say it. Simple words like, I love you. Simple words to our kids like, I'm proud of you. I, I see potential in you. I got to tell you, our last leadership night in our house, we have coordinators come over and also uh, leaders that come to our house for a leadership night. And we always start every meeting with food. Can I get an amen, somebody? All right. We started with food. But then when we get the agenda started, we always begin with wins. We always share a name and a story. We say, Matt, last Sunday, this happened, and it was incredible. Or you know what? Uh, something happened on Sunday morning. It was awesome. And it's so great to hear people. People walked in through our doors, through the internet, through a friend or man, finally my, my cousin came. It was just incredible. I mean, we're in tears. We're crying. I mean, it's just, it, it helps us. And why do we do that? Because when we lose our why, we'll lose our way. So we always share the wins. But all the time, here's what I love about our meetings. It always transitions. Transitions from, here's what happened on Sunday to all of a sudden, hey, can I love on somebody? You know, I'm so proud of that person because, man, I saw what you did, and so now I'm going to say it. What you did was so amazing. And they're like, oh, man, all of a sudden it begins to catch on. It's contagious. It'll be like, man, it's so incredible what, what Annette's doing. It's so incredible what Rachel's doing. It's so amazing. Alita and Amanda. And they're beginning to why? They're beginning to speak out what they see. I think we need to exercise that in our own lives. We have to say it. I can prove it to you. Romans chapter 4, verse 16 through 18 says this in verse 17. It is written... And this is a scripture talking about Abraham. It says, it is written, I have made you a, say it everybody, a father of many nations. He is a father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to dead and calls it into being things that were not. What is he doing? The gospel is not taking bad people, making them good. It's taking people that are dead and bringing them into a life. Creating a new life in Christ Jesus. And what is he doing? He's calling it into being. We have to see it, but then we have to speak it. I need to see it, but I need to get a habit of saying it. Here's a great quote. The single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that is taking place. 
the illusion that is taking place. Because here's what I think really happens. What really happens is like, oh yeah, you see that kid over there? He's amazing. He's incredible. He's going to change the world someday. I see God in him. I see the call of God in that guy's life. But what happens is we're not saying it to them. Begin to speak it to them. And I know it's awkward. Hey, can I tell you something? What? You're a good guy. You know what I mean? Like, this is awkward. But I want to encourage you to say, I see greatness in you. I see God doing something extraordinary in your life. Even if it doesn't feel like it lines up, right? Where they're like in the backseat of a police car. Say, hey, this is, God has potential for your life. God's going to do something extraordinary in your life. That's what's so important about Growth Track. At Growth Track, today, steps three and four. But what we're going to do is we're going to cram you and stick you in the box and say, this is what you're going to do. This is the potential God has for you. What we're going to do is we're going to see what God has placed in you beforehand, and we're going to begin to speak it over your life. You're an incredible person. I think God's going to do something amazing in your life. I think you would be great in this area. Why? We see it, so we're going to speak it. Church, can we see it in our children? Can we speak it over our kids in this life? We have to see it. We have to say it. And finally, we have to start it. We have to start it. We have to start it. Start a process of developing people. Start a process of sharing your life. Start a process of developing individuals. Here's what I thought was interesting. It was Abram. He wanted to be a dad. That was his prayer was. And he was getting older. And he was getting in the hundreds. And we're going to learn later on about his wife. And just the faith journey that they went through. But in the process of him wanting to be a dad, he happened to have his brother's son with him, Lot. And Lot made a lot of mistakes. Maybe that's why his name was Lot. He did that a lot, right? He made a lot of mistakes. Well, I want you to encourage you today that Abram, he became a father before he became a dad. If you're in this room, I encourage you that I believe in spiritual fathers. I believe in those in your life that begin to see the potential in you spiritual fathers that maybe you don't have kids maybe you have adult children that are no longer in the home I want to encourage you today can we raise up spiritual sons and spiritual daughters can we begin to see the potential that God has in their life I want to encourage you today that I would not be where I am and I would certainly not be who I am without spiritual mentors in my life mentors that saw and said I see potential in you I see the call of God in you and I want to tell you today as a pastor, thank God that they saw it, but then they spoke it. But also thank you, Jesus, that they opened their life. That sometimes your action needs to begin before the vision comes in. To say, hey, here's what I see in you. So start connecting. Start mentoring others today. Romans chapter, I love this, Romans chapter, Romans 1, verse 11 through 12. And I love this, this is what it says. For I long to visit you so I could bring a spiritual gift. So I could bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Then we will get together. You know what that is? Is when I see potential in you, I'm going to speak it over your life and you're going to grow stronger in the Lord. You know what that is? It's confirming the call of God on your life. When you step out and you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm on this faith journey and somebody comes alongside of you and 
say, you're going in the right direction. God has potential over your life. I see what God is going to do in your life. It says this, when we get together, fathers catch this. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but also I want to be encouraged by your faith. You're the greatest thing as a dad, a father, spiritual parent, mom. The greatest thing to see is when your little ones grab a hold of the call of God in their life. When our children begin to take steps of faith. When those around us begin to dive in to what God has and say, man, I encourage their faith, but what they're doing now is encouraging my faith. Let's be able to start it today. Let's grab a hold of some people and say, let's, let's do life together. Let's begin to encourage one another. That no matter who you are in this room, your faith is encouraged when you help others. That's what the A-team is all about. Every Sunday, we're here to encourage you. But when you come in, you encourage us. You encourage us. So share your life with others. For many of us, man, we love our homes. Home's that safe place. But man, I want to encourage you. Home, your home is better with people in it. Whether it's a small group, whether it's leading other people into your home, simply doing life. We've said this before. Expose your healthy marriage to others that are about to be married. Expose your life to others to encourage them in their faith. There are far too many people that are, allow, that are not allowing people into their life. There's a quote that I've heard long ago, and I, I don't like this quote because it's so true, that if you haven't had your heart broken, you're not giving it away enough. And that's the way it feels sometimes when we say, I'm going to share my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you all that I know. I'm going to begin to see what God has for you, but then I'm going to speak it over your life. But I'm going to take time to develop. I'm going to take time to connect. I'm going to begin to encourage you to start today to see what God sees and to begin to speak it over their life. That when we do that, it helps us to see beyond ourselves. I love what Russ said today. It's with granddaughters and grandsons. It's called a legacy. To say, God, help me to leave a legacy, an impartation, something over others' lives that when I begin to see in others, takes my eyes off me. I begin to prioritize my time. I begin to say, yes, work is important to feed the family and all that. But you know what? There's a season where they're this age. There's a season where I'm going to spend some more family time. You know what? There's things I got to do. But there's a season where I need to do things. When you start seeing it, you begin to see others the way God sees it. You know, just this week, we're spending some time together as a family. And just this week, my wife said, you know, Levi may look like me. Like everybody says, your son looks like your wife. I'm like, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You know, he says, but he talks just like you. You know, our kids repeat what we say. Our kids believe what we say. And our kids are going to believe in the potential that we see in them. So will you stand with me, please? I'm going to close out. And man, I'm so grateful you guys are here today. We have a great road trip series planned next week and the week after. But here's what I'm going to do today. I'm going to pray over every single dad. I'm going to pray over every single person that is in this room today. And so with every head bowed, every eye closed, let me pray over you today. I'm going to pray over some different specific things over your life today. That maybe you're here today. 
I even spoke to a gentleman in his last service. They said, Father's Day is one of the hardest days for me. I want to encourage you today. Live your head bowed, have your eye closed, because this is just a moment of respect for some of our men out here. But maybe you believe that you were not a good dad. Maybe you look back and whether you're embarrassed or whether you wish you can go back and do it all over again. I want to encourage you today that don't let the enemy remind you of the bad days, but remember the good ones. Remember those days where you were an influence over their lives. Remember those days where you spoke faith over them. Maybe you heard today and you said, man, I, I don't have any of those days, Pastor. I want to encourage you today. Today's a great day to start. Start seeing it and start saying it. For some of you dads out there, you know you got to freak your kids out. I see God's potential in your life. Dad, you okay? Dad, you do? <laughs> What's wrong? What'd they give you at church? But begin to see the potential that God sees. Maybe you're here today and you have adult children. Maybe your relationship's not the way you want it to be. I want to encourage you today. Allow God to redeem that relationship by loving on their grandkids, loving on their children and your grandchildren. Begin to make an impact in their lives. Be the best grandfather out there that you could love your adult children by loving their children. Or maybe you're here today and you're like, Pastor, I don't know how to be a dad. I don't know how to mentor. I don't know how to, how to be a father figure because I didn't have an example growing up. Maybe you have a father wound in your heart. I want to encourage you today that I want to ask the Holy Spirit to heal that wound because we have a great example out there. And it's our God who's our Heavenly Father, a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God who is loving, a God who loves you when we mess up, a God who will show you how to be a great dad, but also a great mentor and a great friend. That just these few minutes, I want you to allow God to just wrap his arms around you begin to heal that father wound, begin to say, you're a great dad, you're a great mentor, that you're going to make an impact in sons and daughters, you're going to make an impact on the next generation, in Jesus' name. Now, if you're here today, and you have, you've lost all hope, we do this every single week, but we do church for you. We want this to be a place where you can know God, but then find freedom to discover your purpose. If you're here today and you feel like I've lost all hope, you just feel like you're beaten, you're bruised, you've been kicked to the side, I want to encourage you today. Will you accept Christ into your heart? Can I start you off on this faith journey one step at a time? One step at a time. And I'm going to pray with you, but I would love to lead you in a prayer. And so can everybody lift your voice? Because we don't do life alone. This is not a journey that we're supposed to do alone. But everybody, will you lift your voice? Repeat after me. Say, Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me right where I am. So today, I give you my life. Say, forgive me of my sins and wash me clean. You were raised for me. Now raise me to new life. Everybody say this. I will follow you all the days of my life. Say, today, and listen to our voice. Say, today, I am saved. I am redeemed. And I'm a child of God. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout it. Come on.